Thank you, Clarid, and good morning, everybody. And I'm delighted to be talking at the London Hug today about Inbound 2019 in Boston, which is, I've just come back from Boston, and I'm here today to tell you all about the amazing things that I saw and that I learned there and share some of that learning with you. So quick show of hands, who was also at Boston this year? Yep. Excellent, there's a few of you here. Well, I'm sure you'll agree, it's an absolutely amazing event. Um, and what I'm going to do today is try as best I can to convey what the event's like, um, some of the things that I learned, some of the talks I went to, and um, some of the HubSpot announcements as well. So, I'm Adam. I'm Solutions Architect at and co-founder of BBD Boom. We're a Platinum HubSpot partner. Uh, we've been going for over three years now, and we specialise in helping businesses, ambitious businesses, grow faster using the inbound methodology and using HubSpot. And actually, I'm here today to talk about inbound. I went to inbound about five years ago for the first time, and, it, and it's fair to say that was actually quite a life-changing experience. That was a point in my career where I was a little bit directionless, wasn't really sure where I was going. Was I a content marketing person? Was I a digital marketer? Was I doing inbound? I wasn't sure. And I'd heard about HubSpot, I'd, I'd seen HubSpot, heard great things about it, and I'd heard about this amazing event that happens in Boston every year. So, I decided to take myself off to this event and find out for myself. So, of course, when I told my wife that I was using some of our holiday allowance to go to Boston, she wasn't very pleased, <laughs> but um, she understood. Then I turned around and said, well, actually, I'm paying for myself to go there, so the airfare and the accommodation. She was even less pleased. But it's, it's honestly one of the best things I've done in my career because what it enabled me to do was get an insight into what goes on. And I was blown away by it. I was, it's thousands and thousands of people like yourselves who use HubSpot or are thinking about using HubSpot, and the positivity, the energy, the optimism in that room was incredible. I, I felt like I'd met my tribe, a tribe of marketing professionals that are data-driven, that are technology-driven, that understand the importance of integrating into sales. And, well, really, the, the rest is history for me because as a result of that, I then set up my own business with my business partner, Emma, who's over there in the corner, and um, BBD Boom, and we've been going strong ever since. So, that's enough about me. That's the backstory, but... I now want to introduce you to Odin. As you can see, Odin is a very cute, fluffy dog. It is a real dog. My daughter saw these slides and said, Daddy, why are you putting up a picture of a toy dog on your presentation? It's not, it's real. Odin is real. Uh, incredibly cute. Now, Odin couldn't be here today, but what we're going to do is hear from Odin later because he's got a very exciting announcement to make. So, in terms of the agenda that we've got for you today, so really, really excited to cover off, first of all, a taster of Inbound, as best I can possibly give you the flavour of what, what it's all about and so on. I'm then going to take you through some of the HubSpot product updates. Now, what HubSpot likes to do is save up all their new features and functionality of all their different products and kind of splurge them all out in one go once a year at the Inbound conference. So what I'm going to try and do is my best to sort of talk through and highlight some of the main features that might be relevant to everybody in the room today. 
And then what I want to do is, is talk less about HubSpot and more about the actual um, tactics and strategies that I heard from people there. So lots and lots of talks and presentations. The three I want to focus on today are all from HubSpot and they're about email marketing, um, social ads and some sophisticated nurturing stuff. So hopefully you'll go away with some really practical stuff that you can start implementing. So some of you have been to Inbound. Um, of those people that have been to Inbound, put your hands up if you were there this year. Fantastic. Did you enjoy it? Great. It's amazing, isn't it? It's absolutely... So it's in Boston. Um, this is a photo I took of the River Charles when I was went for a jog, running through Harvard, MIT along the river. It's an absolutely stunning city. Um, it's like a mini... For those who haven't been there, it's like a mini New York, I'd say, without all the hassle and all the hustle. But it's, it's stunning, everyone's really friendly, it's great. The event itself is, this is a photo I took when Brian Halligan, the CEO, was talking. 26,000 people like you in this room. And I couldn't even, when I, mean, I was right at the back, I couldn't even sit down. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Um, the size of the event is huge. The, the range of speakers and the diversity of the subjects they talk about is incredible. There's people from all around the world. There's over 250 sessions, so you go from like main stage events and you go to little breakouts and there's little workshops and there's so much variety and so much, so much to do. Jennifer Gartner, who's there? Who's, I didn't take that photo. I didn't get that close to her, unfortunately. But she was there and she summed it up, really, because she was talking about how she's got this organic um, food business that she set up with her family and how it's going really well. And she was talking about the growth journey there because... HubSpot's, the, if, you, if you like, the underpinning message of this event was how to grow better, and she was an example of that. So it's not just people talking about HubSpot or technology. It's, not, it's a whole range of different subjects. And this is my Fitbit uh, readout from one day. So I actually walked 10 kilometres around the venue, so it's, it's pretty exhausting. I did 14,000 steps, and I burnt off 3,700 calories, only to then eat loads of food and put that back on. There's all these food trucks around. There's 15 food trucks. It was one of my highlights. I don't know where you cleared. And you arrive there and you think, where, well, you know, there's that food and that food and that food. But for some reason, this van, in the yellow van, always got the queue. It's like this sort of social proof was going on. People were not sure what to do and they'd just get on the back of the queue. And it was really delicious. So, that's a bit of a fly-through of it. I, it. You know, I can't really do it justice. Obviously, you need to go to the event. Um, it's really recommended, um, and there's lots of good reasons why you should go. So the product updates that I'm going to give you all now are really split into the, th the three main areas of HubSpot. So obviously marketing, sales, and service. So for those of you maybe, I mean, I've spoken to people here today, they're, they're using the free CRM, probably the, you know, just for kind of small business. That's brilliant, and HubSpot has a whole range of products that go from those free tools right the way through to enterprise-level tools that allow people to manage customers' whole sales processes as well as the marketing bit as well. So here, I'm going to focus on the sales bit. So the App Store. So HubSpot have had an App Store for a while. So the App Store is where you go to on your portal and you decide that you want to plug HubSpot into something. So if your boss turns around to you and says, you know, we really need to find a new tool to do event management, like GoToWebinar, we want to start using GoToWebinar. Or we want to start doing SMS messaging. The first place to look is the App Store because there you'll find a directory of all the apps that plug in natively into HubSpot. I mean, it's absolutely huge. 
There's every single type of product that you can get. And, and being native, it means you just plug it in. So for example, we do a lot of webinars where you'd go to a webinar. People sign up for the webinar, would go to a webinar. They register there, that gets fed straight into HubSpot, which then allows us to market to them and to do all the automations and all that sort of stuff. So go to the app marketplace to understand the full range of things that plug in to HubSpot. Okay, the bane of our lives. Contact or company duplication in a database. Put your hands up if that's the bane of your life. It's hideous. It's, it's difficult because obviously there's all sorts of issues around GDPR, about emailing, emailing people twice. It's just really bad practice and lots of people resort to doing that manually. Well, thank goodness HubSpot have now brought out a deduplication tool. Okay, it's available um, for professional and enterprise products. And if you go into your contacts uh, area or your company's area and click actions, you'll see this now appears. Well, it's been there a few weeks. It's brilliant. So... I mean, duplicates happen, don't they? Because somebody, even the same person, one of your prospects signs up for an event or downloads a bit of content, and one day he uses his personal email, and the next day he uses his work email. And all of a sudden, HubSpot's got two records, and they're the same person. So this tool allows you to... It, it automatically works out using artificial intelligence to work out that these are probably duplicates, and... It, it's able to do that based on all the data that it's got and it compares the two records and says, I think that these are the same people. And then what you do, it has to be a manual process. The machine's not going to merge these itself. And then what you do is you select, you can see here we've got Kyle Nichols, two records, and you pick the one that you want to keep and then the data from the other record just gets brought over. Click of a button. It's really easy. It takes that pain away from deduplication. So that's really one to, to, to go and have a look at when you get back. They've also <coughs> overhauled the properties section. So for those of you that are into this kind of area, you can customise the contact record that people see in the CRM. So that bit on the left-hand side, if you like. Um, you can change what the salesperson sees. It could be, obviously, first name, last name, all the kind of custom properties that you might put in there. So that's always been there. Now what you can do is you can customise that by even more levels. So you could have a view that's given to the US team, you could have a view that's unique to the consumer team, etc. Um, and, and you can kind of customise that so that they're only looking at the fields and the bits of entering the bits of data that are really relevant to them. So that's quite a handy little one they've brought out. So let's talk about marketing. So multi-touch attribution. This I think is one of the biggest things to come out of inbound this year. And I've got a client in the room who will be on to me as soon as we leave the room. She knows who she is, um, wanting to know when we're going to implement this. And she's laughing, which is good. Um, and this is really the holy grail, isn't it? So we're doing all this marketing, and we want to actually show that that marketing has driven conversions, and that's driven revenue. Even though HubSpot is built for that, it's sometimes quite hard. So... Obviously, you've got to be plugging in your CRM where the close one deals are happening into HubSpot, or you're using the full suite of HubSpot to do that. But there were still some gaps around that. Well, the multi-touch attribution, which is not available yet, and it's probably only going to be available for marketing enterprise um, at the end of the year, looks like it could really, really solve that. So it does two things. So first of all, it gives you 
different models for attribution. So, so for those of you that are familiar with different Google attribution models, last touch, time decay, first touch, etc., it's got models similar to that that you can apply, you can customise. And it follows things from being not just a lead, but when a deal, when it was qualified, when a deal was then created, so all those kind of key steps up until it's actually closed one. And the other really cool thing is, then, for, is you can review what contribution each individual asset had made to it. So what was the ROI of this blog? I think you can see there's a chart there. What's the ROI of this particular email campaign that we ran? Or this particular email? You can actually attribute right back to those individual assets. So that's really, really powerful, those people that want to get a deeper handle on, on what's driving revenue. So lots of you will be running lead ads. So we've had a lot of success with our customers in terms of using LinkedIn lead gen ads. Facebook lead gen ads. These are the, for those of you who don't know, these are the ads where they appear on LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, it also populates um, the ad with the details from the user from LinkedIn or Facebook. So from their point of view, they're not having to type loads of stuff in. They submit that through Facebook or LinkedIn. It then goes into HubSpot, so all that data is then just transported magically into HubSpot, and then they get the asset delivered to them in Facebook or LinkedIn. So that's been there for a while. It's really, really effective for those of you that aren't using that yet. But what this is, is a native ad creator in HubSpot. So now they've gone the next step. So you don't even need to go into Facebook or LinkedIn. You can just sit in HubSpot and create it. And in this example here, you can see you can select a particular ad account page. You can write the ad, insert the copy, do the targeting, set the budget. And then because it's in HubSpot, then you're able to do all sorts of automations off the back of it. So that's really, really useful. That's available now to everyone. This is, this, it says here, I've been told this is for, and we can, um, yeah, we can, um, we can grab Eamon afterwards, put him on the spot over coffee. But um, this is apparently available to everyone, which is great. Buy now link. I think this is really, really good. So, those, I know that we've got some guys we know in the room here who are big e-commerce businesses. Um, so you'll, you know, you'll have your Shopify's and all those sorts of things that are doing that. For people in B2B, um, what we've got here is a buy now link, a buy now button. Okay, so what this is, it's a button that you can put on, on a website, on an email, on a quote, if you're using the quoting tool in HubSpot. Person clicks on that button, it takes them through to a Stripe page, so it has to integrate into Stripe, the payment system. It doesn't currently work with other things like PayPal and whatnot. And they make the transaction there, and then it loads the deal, all that deal information, straight into HubSpot as a closed one deal. So, yeah, it's quite, it's quite useful, it's quite big. So for, for B2B businesses, that are selling packaged services or small projects, we're now looking at it and saying, well, actually, if there's a training that we want to run, dear client, um, you know, click on this page here, but press this button, buy the training. It's advantageous to us because we get paid straight away. But then all the admin, there's no admin, there's no invoicing, there's no, you know, there's no kind of updating the CRM. It just all happens in one go seamlessly. 
So we're really excited about that. That is available soon for sales, pro and all enterprise products. Right, so I apologise if we're getting too techy for those that don't use automations and workflows um, or only do it at a basic level, but this is quite useful for those of you that spend a lot of time doing workflows. So we've now got this new feature, which is a go-to action. Okay, so if you, look, if you can kind of see that workflow there, um, this is a workflow aimed at people who are doing a demo. So at the top, it's saying, um, if it's an if-then branch, so have they done a demo, yes or no? Well, if they've done a demo, then they go down that kind of nurture process that's, that's uh, automated over there. If they haven't, well, then we're going to create a task that means the sales guy needs to get onto it and book in a demo and sort that out. And then after a few days, the system then says, well, have they actually had a demo? And if the answer is yes, it then takes them. You can see this, I don't know if you can see this dotted line that goes from the bottom back up to the top. So if that doesn't mean anything to you, don't worry, it's quite advanced. But for those of you that do work, a lot of workflows, previously you'd have to go and replicate a whole load of extra automation stuff down the bottom, and now you don't need to because you just send it back up to where you want it to be. So I can see some nodding heads there, so that looks quite useful. So it's really, really good. Available for professional and enterprise products. Okay, put your hands in the air if, as a consumer, you've ever used Facebook Messenger. Yeah. So we all quite like Messenger, talking to our friends. Put your hands in the air if you've used it to talk to a company. Oh, wow, okay, quite a few people. So HubSpot have recognised that people are going to be using Messenger quite a lot because it's their default platform, it's really simple, it's quite powerful. And obviously you can use Messenger on your site if you want to at the moment. What this is now is a much deeper integration with Facebook Messenger and HubSpot. So when somebody's engaging with you on Facebook Messenger on the site, um, it's being fed into your contact records into HubSpot directly. So it means that you can capture all that information, it means you can bring other people into the conversation, it means you can then automate things off the back of it. So that is a really cool feature. We haven't even tested it yet, um, but it looks really good for those people that have high levels of traffic, probably more, I think, a B2C thing where you've got high levels of interactions with customers and we can now take those straight into HubSpot and manage it from there. Social post boosting. So, we all love social post boosting, don't we? That idea that you discover that that random social post of a dog, a little cute office dog, suddenly gets lots of interaction. Well, actually, this is a really good post. Let's put some media spend behind it and give it, some, give it a boost, put it in front of some of our target audiences and things like that. So that's what social boosting is. And now, well, not quite yet, but soon to be available for marketing pro and upwards is the ability to do that social post boosting from within HubSpot. So again, what HubSpot's trying to do is just create an all-in-one all, an all -in -one platform where you can do all your marketing all in one place. Now, obviously, you need to connect Facebook and LinkedIn to that, and you need to have those accounts set up and all the rest of it. But after that, then you can do it all within HubSpot. So huge benefits in terms of... Um, measurement in terms of time saving and in terms of then using all the automations and all that sort of stuff. Okay, enhanced targeting in pop-ups. Who is using pop-ups on their site? Yep, few people. For those of you that aren't, it's just one of those pop-ups that appears. You can select it for, you know, someone's been on your site for 30 seconds, two minutes. And 
up until now, you've been able to limit it to certain pages of your site, for example. And they've just gone a step further now, and they've made the targeting of that pop-up even more specific and granular, if you want. So in this example here, you can see this pop-up, which might be, you know, join us for the next hug in October, for example. Um, and that's only going to appear to people on a certain list in HubSpot, um, or people that have clicked on a certain button, and you could say, and they haven't visitors in the last five days, six days. So incredible um, functionality there to really make sure your pop-ups are customised to particular parts of the site, but also understanding a little bit more about the journey of the customer. Some more good news from HubSpot. Some free stuff. So one of the things that we saw, wasn't it clear, lots of, they're really bringing lots of features to the free CRM, the free marketing um, products. And obviously, from their point of view, what they're trying to do is get people onto the platform and exper experiencing it and then starting to buy more over time and growing with the platform. The great news is, um, and I personally, this is useful because my wife's an interior designer and she uses HubSpot free, and we thought, wouldn't it be nice if we could email people, but we have to do that through MailChimp, or we could have gone up the, the tiering on HubSpot, when now you can do emails inside the free marketing tool and free CRM, which is fantastic. And you can also do some level of advertising at, through the platform as well, which is fantastic. So that's good. We've got the drag and drop editor. So um, there's lots of other tools out there that like Instapage and things like that that people might be using to do landing page deployment because and their key selling point is really that they're just really easy. You've got lots of templates, you can drag things around quickly put together the landing page that you want. Well, HubSpot have responded to that now, and they've, they've brought out the drag-and-drop editor, which is mega simple to use. Um, and I was talking to some guys um, over there earlier, and I think one of the, the key things that our clients tell us about HubSpot is it's, you know, it's the key selling point is it's a tool that anybody can use. It's a tool for marketing people to use. It's a tool for, you don't need to be able to code. You don't need to do any, anything kind of complicated like that. And this is another fantastic example of where you can just <coughs> bash out a landing page really quickly. And going with that then um, is for people on free is the idea, and they call, HubSpot call these kickback emails. So at the moment, if you're on the free tool, um, someone downloads a bit of content, you have to go and then manually email them because there's no automation in the free tool. So what they've done is they've created a tiny, tiny little bit of automation, which means that if somebody downloads a piece of content, you can then send them a kickback email, like a one, one follow-up email, I think it is, for the free marketing, and up to three, I think it is, for marketing startup. So it means you can kind of do that follow-up. Someone's downloaded my wife's guide to using interior designer. She can then send an email out to them saying, what did you think? And then maybe two weeks later, there's another bit of content that she sends out to them. So that can all be done for free. So, service. Put your hands up if you use HubSpot Service Hub. Okay, I was expecting no one, but that's great. It is a fantastic tool. It's only really been out for about a year, hasn't it, properly, and we've, we're starting to see adoption increase. For those of you who don't know what it is, it is, it's kind of like a Zendesk, but not quite like a Zendesk. So it's, it's a customer ticketing servicing tool 
that's part of the HubSpot ecosystem. Um, so for those people that are using a Zendesk, carry on using Zendesk, it can plug in, no problem at all, there's a native integration. Um, the benefit of using their tool, obviously, is there's much deeper integration. So, so if you imagine, you know, the journey of a lead, so you've got a lead, you've done some marketing, they've entered the CRM for the first time, um, they've attended an event. Sales guys start nurturing them, talking to them, closing the deal. This is all happening in HubSpot. And now we've got the ability to then service those guys, talk to them about any problems they've got, help them with their product, the service that you sell. And of course, what that means is that customer record is, is genuinely a single point of truth. So everything is in that one record against the individual. So you can look at their buying history, you can look at how you acquired them in the first place, and you can look at any of the individual customer service support issues that they had since they've become a customer. So there's some new features that have been brought out. Um, one of them that's quite sort of advanced really is that if a, you can see it here, a customer agent is doing a live chat with, a, with someone and that customer support agent can now at mention another customer support agent who might be a subject matter expert and they can bring them into the conversation and then all of a sudden there's two people dealing with a customer's request and helping them solve their problem, which is pretty cool. But the other tool that uh, we started using as, a, as an agency that is kind of quite underrepresented, you know, not really talked about much in HubSpot, is the surveying tool and the Net Promoter Score tool. So most, most businesses have some sort of measure of how happy their customers are, and NPS is one of the standard ones. So with, with HubSpot, we can now run regular NPS scores or surveys. So they could be done, because they can be automated, they could be done off the back of any kind of action. So what we started doing is um, surveying people who've just bought from us to understand what was the buying experience like. Um, we can survey our customers every month if we wanted to, to find out how they're feeling about the service they're getting. We could survey people at the end of every six months or at the end of a contract, and all that can be just programmed into the system. And, and then obviously what's happening is it's building an aggregated score of you know, how satisfied people are with the business. So loads of new bits and pieces, which I won't really go into there, um, but that, that has been, they continue to invest in the HubSpot service tool, which is brilliant. Okay, do we want to pause for questions on products or do we want to talk about strategies? Okay, brilliant. Fantastic. So, Emma and I, Emma's my business partner, she's over there uh, by the window. Do you want to give us a wave, Emma? There she is. Emma and I, between us and between our clients, so we had about eight clients came out as well. I mean, we probably went to like a thousand sessions or something stupid. Um, so what I'm going to talk about here is scratching the surface of all the amazing talks that we went to. And I've chosen three, and they're all from HubSpot because I figured that actually, in terms of marketing and sales, they are pretty good at what they do. They drink their own Kool-Aid. So the first one I'm going to talk about is... Nurture campaigns. So put your hands up in the, in the air if you would like to have a nurture campaign that has a click-through rate of 60%. Yes, please. Yeah, I won't, I won't tell you what our actual ones are. It's not 60%. So that is absolutely stunning. So that is the click-through rate of an entire, nur their, their first conversion nurture sequence. So they talked about two um, 
nurture programs. One is this, so which I'm going to take you through, which is the first time someone converts, first time they download something, first time they enter the CRM. And the second one was trigger-based nurturing, so when people take a particular action, which I'm not going to talk about. Um, so how do they do this? Like, how do they get 60% click-through rate? So let's imagine that you go to HubSpot and you download um, an ebook on social media calendars, social posting plans. Okay. I think what we would have thought you would do is say, oh, right, they, they, they're into social media. So let's send them loads of stuff about social media. Hmm. That's kind of assuming that they actually, they might have been doing that randomly. They just came across it and just thought that looks interesting. Their boss might have asked them to, to get it. Um, but more importantly, there's a, lot, there's a lot more bigger issues that they need to fix in their business. So HubSpot's response to that is, okay, here's the social media calendar. Enjoy. And a few days later, you then get this email. Okay. And this email is what, what they call the choose your own adventure email. Okay, so rather than presupposing that you want social media or that you're from this company and therefore I'm going to give you this bit of content, they ask you to choose. So <coughs> the structure of this email, first name personalization always, a nice contextualized welcome in, in the thing. And then really the question is, how can we help you grow better? Which is obviously what HubSpot does. And if you can imagine that relevant question for the, the overarching thing that you solve for your customer. And then they've got four options. So they ask people to say, um, yeah, my pain point is I need to improve my marketing, or my pain point is I need to optimize my sales process, or my pain point is I need to delight our customers, or all of the above, which apparently is the most clicked one, which is helpful and not helpful at the same time. So they're letting people choose what they want to know about, okay? And it's that high-level pain point. But they always, in every single bit of content, there's always a secondary call to action, which is, actually, do you want a demo? Do you want a demo? That's, that's, their, that's where they're trying to get you to. So it's always floating around there as an option. So you click on one of those buttons there. You then get sent content that's relevant to that. So I've got marketing challenges. Okay, so here's the, here's the content that we're going to send you that's relevant for that. But, and I think we're really shy of doing this, then they get a bit salesy in the nurture sequence. Okay. Then Sophia Martin pops up, let's say in the third email that they get in that nurture sequence. It would be personalised, it would be, hi, Adam. It's personalised from the sales rep. I want to introduce myself. My job is to make sure you have the tools to help your business grow. Let's set up a call to talk about the challenges. Now, we all know that's kind of, you know, a kind of consultative sell. But, and here's the, here's, the, uh, here's the diary booking app, so you can just click that button, book a time to speak to me. So that, that these, and what happens then is these sales emails are woven into that nurture thing, so they're trying to really increase the opportunity for it to move from uh, you know, marketing conversation into sales conversation. So I thought that was really cool. The second thing that I've always wanted to know is how does HubSpot approach its own paid social and paid media advertising? And surprise, surprise, it uses the flywheel as the guiding light of that process. So here I'm going to take you through how they do their, what their approach is to paid media. So they have a whole kind of 
set of actions that are aimed at prospecting. They then have some targeting content that's aimed at trying to convert them from being a pro an unknown prospect into somebody that's into the CRM, so it's a named contact. They then use that social advertising to nurture in the same way that they would do with email. And then, of course, they keep talking to their customers, the social. And if you want to know more about these options, grab me in coffee. But there's, there's so, you know, I think one of the misconceptions about B2B advertising um, is you can't do very granular targeting. Because typically B2C marketers know this and they're, you know, they're using some of these techniques. And there's loads of different ways of doing it. There's pixel targeting, list targeting, lookalike targeting, and introspection. These are all highly targeted ways to make sure you deliver the message to the people that it's going to resonate with and it's not some blanket approach. So prospecting, this is primarily using video. And so they're pumping video content and occasionally ads out to people. There's no, it's completely ungated. There's no gates here. We're not trying to get email details out of anybody. So loads of content, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, lots of blogs that are ungated. Okay. And then they take that pool of people and they say, brilliant, now we need to actually convert them into leads. So they target those people, they retarget them basically. So they know that they've watched that video on Facebook, so they're going to retarget them with a slightly different message, which is, how do we get them to convert into leads? And that's where we get gates. And then, of course, nurturing. So with those people, we're then going to start talking to them. Now we know who they are. We can segment them according to their industry. We can segment them according to the kind of pain points they've got. And now we're going to start talking about product. So we talk about, our, try and get them in on a demo, try and get them on a trial, all those sorts of things. And finally, customer retargeting. So with their customer base, using the customer list in, their HubSpot, in, in your HubSpot accounts, you can then serve ads up to those people knowing that they're only going to be seen by your customers. Really, really powerful for upselling and cross-selling. So inside HubSpot, all of this audience targeting is available, especially at Marketing Pro and upwards. So you can do everything I've talked about here inside HubSpot Pro Portal, which is really cool, and upwards. Okay. Final bit, this is getting really down in the weeds now of automations and sales handoffs and all that sort of stuff. Lots of you will be familiar with HubSpot lifecycles. And if you come from another system, like Sugar CRM, like Dynamics, like all those other tools, they talk about the same thing, but they use slightly different language, and it can be quite confusing. So HubSpot uses language leads, MQL, SQL, opportunity, customer. One of the key questions we always get asked is when do you give a lead to a salesperson? Because salespeople are busy. Um, they want good quality leads that have the highest chance of converting. So what HubSpot does is it takes all those leads, so all those kind of you know, downloads of content and whatnot, they call those leads. The system then qualifies them, and I'll talk about that in a minute. It qualifies them to being an MQL. And when it's an MQL, then that, that's given to a salesperson, and the salesperson then decides if it's sales qualified. And we'll talk about that. So let's drill down the lead handoff. So the lead handoff is 
that lead to marketing opportunity. So if somebody downloads a piece of your content in your system and they want to talk to a salesperson or they want to quote, send it straight to the salesperson, right? We're not going to kind of mess about with that. Yes, they might not look like the ideal client, but I think on that basis, most of you would probably just give that to the salesperson, I think quite rightly, for them to evaluate that straight away. But if it's a content download, um, when are you going to give that to sales guy? And they, for them, it's really simple. It's, we have some criteria about what a good fit company looks like that can be automated. So it's a certain company size, certainly certain geography. If we've used questions in forms that ask us you know, qualifying questions, so we've got one client who does data warehousing, and they want to know what ERP you use, and if it's one of these things, then they're, you know, they're basically qualified. That would make them a good fit. And so they're a good fit. They've viewed maybe, you know, anybody, anybody that's a good fit that's viewed a pricing page is somebody that we should pass over to sales straight away. Okay. Or if you're using HubSpot lead score, over time, they've done lots of actions that mean that they should really be handed over to sales because they look like they're doing lots of research and they're very interested in it. So in, all, in those situations, then the machine goes, brilliant, that's an MQL, send it to sales. But sales has the last word. And something that we currently don't do, which we will now start doing with our clients, is saying, okay, that model's great, but we need to ap then apply a suppression list to that to say, if they meet these criteria, but they're an unfit contact for some other reason, they're currently in a sales process and somehow or other they're not tagged as an opportunity, or they're an existing customer, so they're from an existing customer organisation, but a new contact, they won't go over as an MQL. So you can, you can customise that suppression list so you can really make sure that you're not sending over rubbish to the sales guy. Because, and this is something I learned, you, you probably need a process around lead rejection. So one of my clients sent me an email where the sales guy, where he'd sent, the marketing chap sent an email to the sales guy going, really, really exciting, look at this. And the sales guy said, that is not a lead mate, was his response. And so then we're in this big conversation about, oh, oh, well, it looks like a lead. Like, why does he think it's not a lead? So then we get into this whole subjective thing. HubSpot's response to that is basically create categories. The sales guys can obviously reject it, but they have to specify exactly why. Okay? And here's some options that you can think about. So, yeah, it sounds, sounds good, but they're not interested in anything until next year, so I'm not even going to waste any more time on it. Stays in MQL, but it's not an SQL. So by creating in your CRM these drop-down options, so these would be custom fields, um, he can reject it, he or she can reject it, but they give a reason, and then that reason can actually be used by the system. So hopefully you're getting so many leads for your sales teams that they, they keep rejecting them because they, they want to focus on the good ones. But those, those ones that are rejected obviously might turn out to be the best client you've ever had in six months. So, if the reason for rejection is bad timing six months, they go into their own nurture sequence for that purpose. So they get an email in month two, month four, and in month six, the sales guy gets a task that's automatically created, <coughs> and he has to follow that lead up again in six months' time. So, pretty obvious. I think it just takes away that kind of time-wasting and arguing about what's a lead and what's not a lead. So... 
There's a lot to take in there. I mean, honestly, you've got to go to Boston um, 2020. It's fantastic. Um, persuade your bosses or fund yourself or whatever you want to do to go because it it, it's really, really eye-opening. But the good news is that Odin, our dog, has got an exclusive prize draw. So we are giving away a free ticket to Inbound 2020 for one person and you have to enter by Friday. Um, and then what's going to happen is Odin's <coughs> going to choose the winner. So rather than it be take something out of a hat, what we're going to do is we're going to put them all on the floor, all the tickets on the floor, he's going to eat them, and the one that's left <laughs> is the winner. So please go to this um, page here and you'll be able to um, enter the prize draw. And these slides will be available, period, won't they? And also, if you want to go deeper into some of those things that I've talked about, I've got other slides that I that I've got from the event that I can send to you as well. So that's it. Thank you very much. Are there any questions for, for Adam? Yeah, it does. So it brings over the, all, the, all the, the details. So, for example, if there's obviously going to be two emails, so it would make one a primary email and it, it put the others in as a secondary email. And it would bring over all the interactions, website visits. I presume so, but I don't know how it would deal with the fact that they might have different lead scores. That's a good question. I, I think the, the rule is that if there's some data in the prime contact, that is maintained and anything in the second one is, is lost. So if there's a lead score with the prime one, that's the lead score that's carried forward, I believe. Yes, sorry. Um, the question was, um, in the merging process, um, what are the rules around the different fields and how are they actually... Uh, what's, what's the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, fantastic. Any other questions? Yes. Oh, brilliant. This isn't a question, I have so much as a comment, actually. So um, I, I work for a hospital app partner called Course One, so we were looking for people who use the CRM. So I spent the whole, my whole time talking to people, looking for people who use a particular part of HubSpot. But I thought the most interesting thing is how many people there that don't use HubSpot. And I would say that actually yeah. it's not a product training no. event. And I know, I know you talked about that at the beginning. The most amazing thing for me about Inbound was the amount of quality content yeah. that would be interesting to literally anybody. Yes. So there, there were some really good product streams and all the things you talked about, but yeah. I, I think it's worth a visit just to understand about marketing in general. Totally. Um, and and it, was, it was amazing. It was quite evangelical at some points, but I think yeah. it was an amazing event. Yeah. Just, yeah. just for the record, uh, the question there was, was about um, the non-HubSpot users in the community. Uh, and there were a major number of keynotes that were just worth turning up for, even yes. if you couldn't even spell HubSpot, right? If you had no exactly. idea. And it was, it was fascinating to, to, to be part of that. I think I met five people who I said, oh, do you use HubSpot? And they said, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. But not many. Yes. Question. Um, well, first comment, picking up on the previous one, Michael in the West Country, I'm not a HubSpot user. This has been a most fantastic presentation. Thank you. Oh. I've learned a lot. Yes. And I'm just sitting here with lateral thinking, saying, I'm going to make Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, well, that's Thank great. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. 
Can I did check with Cluid before I asked this question? Sorry, I forgot to tell you this. <laughs> what are your, um, is, what do you, for you are the issues that one should be aware of of the Brexit, impending Brexit situation? <laughs> <laughs> well, We're taking a break now for coffee, so... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, that is funny you say that because we've got a webinar next week. Is this a setup? Yeah, I'm um, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about this. We've got a webinar next week um, on data deal or no deal. So we've got a data expert, and we're going to be talking about, you know, what happens, what's the implications for sales and marketing professionals if there's a deal or not deal. Um, so that's on that side of it. I would say, and we'll send details around to that. But, but I mean, apart from that, I mean not really sure that it's going to affect us. It's not, it's not going to affect our business because, you know, we're working in the, you know, digital space. So, you know, there are no, bar there are no borders. Um, I mean, there, there's obviously some, in, um, you know, there's some pain points around VAT and things like that that we might have to deal with. But yeah. I've got some comments on Brexit later. Yeah. I'll wait for that. All right, I'm, we're going to move on to the next speaker. Thank you Brilliant. so much, Fred. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. From, from my perspective, one of the things that um, we've been guilty of, if, if that's the right word, is maybe focusing a little too much on the high level and strategy and, the, and these type of things in the talks and the things that we've done. And it's really nice to sometimes delve deeper into the HubSpot world and look at the product and, and the actual um, capabilities, which, which, is, which is great to have. Adam, do that. Um, the next speaker is Sam, Sam Turner. Got his surname right. Um, which, again, as, as I said, I was slightly nervous uh, about having Sam come up on stage because Sam's topic is all about working with a HubSpot agency. And, of course, we are a HubSpot agency, and so uh, hopefully he's not going to say anything bad about White Hat. But it's an interesting topic because, as I mentioned earlier on, Many of you try and implement HubSpot yourselves. Uh, you've bought it probably from the direct team um, out of Dublin. There's a massive amount of training and support available for HubSpot, and it's completely okay and possible to do exactly that. Um, but there is a benefit of working with a qualified HubSpot consultant and a qualified agent. And there is also potentially a downside not all agencies are created equal. Not all of them have a massive amount of experience in the things that they're doing. And so choosing an agency and choosing essentially a partner is an interesting journey to go on. If you find the right one, then your success is statistically um, higher than working it out on your own. Um, but it isn't guaranteed. So there are tricks, there are tips, and Sam has actually worked for many years within a HubSpot partner agency, which he has just left. So he is completely at liberty to give you some inside track on that experience, on the good, on the bad, um, and really what it's like. The reason I'm waffling on slightly is he's being mic'd up in the back of the room, um, so we're waiting for him to, to get done. Um, the other thing I would just throw in, just while I'm thinking about it, about Adam's talk, 
about HubSpot. There's one other piece of functionality, and he'll, he'll correct me if I got this wrong, um, which I picked up on, and it was, it was mentioned in passing, and I thought, well, actually, that's a, that's a really big thing. Um, HubSpot are keen to get you to use, if you're not an existing user, the free product or the starter product, which they don't obviously make any or much money from, but it gets you into the pipeline. Um, the introduction of email into the free product was huge. But if I, if I read it right in, in the specs, they've actually introduced landing pages into the starter product. You know, I'm getting a nod from the back of the room. So that is a huge piece of functionality. You can build landing pages. You can send out emails. You can do a big chunk of your marketing, or you can evaluate an initial marketing campaign without a major commitment to the product. So I would urge you if, you, if you're just on the fence or if you're thinking about it, have a look at the free products, have a look at the starter products. They are actually really functional rich. So that's enough of that. I'd like to introduce Sam, and let's hear about working with an agency. Sam. Hi, everyone. Um, 